All right, so this is Unspoken Melanin Podcast, and I'm your host, Lenore Vibe, kicking off my second episode. And like I said before, we're going to try to keep it black, straight like that, no holding back. Co-hosting the show with me will be no other than my baby brother. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about blacks in sports, black backs, white money. So to just go ahead and kick it off, I'm going to let my brother here tell me about his experience thus far as being a collegiate athlete and also moving to the more uh, professional role in the NFL, playing for the Saints. <clears throat> yeah, um, uh, of course. Uh, I'm just glad to be uh, here again with you and just be able to discuss some things like this. But uh, to answer your question, um, being at the collegiate level, seeing all walks of uh, of races, obviously, um, it's all over the sports world as today anyway. So, um, you know, being in that environment, it doesn't matter where you are, I get the white school, maybe it's, uh, you know, an SSC school versus HBCU, um, you know, going to college there would have been the same experience or maybe a different experience. Um, I'll never know because I didn't go there. So <laughs> uh, with that, with that being said, though, <clears throat> um, many coaches that I had where, uh, you know, I, I actually had a black linebacker coach. So okay. um, it, it was very, it was very refreshing to uh, be able to have a coach that, uh, you know, was kind of the same skin color as I was, but at the same time, it didn't matter if he was white, black, Mexican, it didn't matter. But uh, just they got a, a, a different connection to a little bit more things of, of, of what we go through sometimes. And then, you know, moving forward, you know, even being in, in at the uh, in professional level, uh, NFL and even CFL, I think um, being with the folks that I was around, I, I never really, you know, had an issue with, you know, uh, white coaches or black coaches not playing somebody because of their color or skin color, things like that. But it's more so of, you know, uh, I think more so of what type of relationship you have with your coaches anyway um, when it comes to things like that. But, yeah. So um, I, have I seen things like that? Yes, I have. Um, more so at the quarterback level um, just because getting into the blacks in sports, um, you know, not many quarterbacks uh, back then were, were black. And then now all of a sudden we have uh, tons of black quarterbacks in now and then even in the past. And it has ch- it's changed the whole game, um, I-, I think, in, in, in the sport of football, basketball, I'm not too too sure on that. But um, I'm pretty sure it's, it's pretty much the same down the line as well. Okay. okay. So let me ask you this. So. Do you think uh, people commonly just assume that African-Americans dominate every professional sport? Uh, yeah, I, I would say yes. Um, just because uh, people people sometimes see black athletes as superior athletes, I guess, uh, amongst everybody just because of the they may be bigger or they may be faster or they may be stronger or they may be more athletic. And then, you know, these days you do see more athletic uh, African-American individuals. But, um, you know, I know a lot of athletic white white guys, you know, you know, what I'm saying? I know a lot of athletic um, individuals that, that aren't white or black, you know. Yeah. So it, it just goes to show you that, you know, predominantly, yes, I think uh, overall that, you know, people's opinion, you know, again, it's an opinion of people, but I think that when they look at at a black athlete, they think of 
um, being more superior and, and more and uh, I guess better a better athlete overall. Okay. You know, some 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 people don't have that ability, but most of us do. Gotcha. So I'm gonna read you off some statistics that I looked up. So in the NBA alone, it is dominated mostly by African American athletes by 74.2 percent. Uh, compared to their white counterpart at 16.9%. In the NFL, it's 58.9% compared to the white counterpart, 26.8%. And even in the WNBA, it's coming in at 67.4% compared to their white counterpart at 17.4%. So do you primarily think that more so is due to, you know, how we were raised that, you know, either you need to pick up a ball so you can get out of these certain conditions or in a sense that, you know, sports just prioritize over education in a sense, which also groups into having more African-American athletes in different sports. Um, That's a great question. Uh, what I really think it, it boils down to is really just uh, being better at something different. Right. So mm -hmm. there, there are just statistics where, maybe Asian Americans or Asian people in general are smarter than, you know, the average African American person or uh, vice versa. African American person um, is faster than, you know, the average white person, mm -hmm. you know, so there's, there's a lot of different uh, statistics and different categories that pe people are better in. But I just think it, it boils, boils down to, we want to be better at something else than, you know, um, the white people or we won't be better than something else than the Chinese people mm -hmm. we'll be better than something else than the Hispanic people. So what I think sports is what, uh, was, was an outlet for a lot of us just because we had that opportunity to go out there and shine and, 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 and get and go places and, you know, um, go on long careers and earn, uh, some, a passive income, um, and, and be a celebrity just because of how athletic or how good you were at the sport. Um, and I think it's come a long way versus, you know, back when it was, I think, 1947 or 1957, uh, I think, or Jackie Robinson played for the MLB, you know, yeah. for African-American. And it's just a, it was just a different color barrier back then. So if you think about back then to now, it's, it's made, you know, tremendous jumps from uh from 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 a standpoint of how much money's being made how how people are being treated um and it, and it goes the list goes on and on so um i think what what it, what like i said before what it is 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 more so of we want to be the best at something because maybe we're not the best at learning about fiscal income or or, or monetary income for better to better say you know, like the white individuals who had, you know, all that knowledge that we 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 might have had, but they had better access to it before we did. So, you know, we, we go on and on about it, but I just think that yeah. was just a motivational thing for us. Absolutely, because it even goes back to back uh, during slavery time when uh, certain male slaves would get picked out because they had a, a very strong physique. You know, they can do a lot more work going back to the field. So I think that's also something that's just integrated into our generation as time has moved on. Because even in the beginning of the 20th century, you know, whites were considered the superior um, intellectually, aesthetically, even physically. But uh, I think the turning point more so came about in the 1930s, you know, and the logic just kind of shift over to blacks being viewed as physical superior 
to their whites in the matter related to sports. Uh, I don't know if you know about Jack Johnson. He was a heavyweight champion, um, mm-hmm. boxing, pretty much, and he is of white supremacy and just due to the epitome of his superior physical strength during that time era. Um, so more so, I want to move into just like, what was your? Have you had any experiences thus far uh, when you was at Tennessee uh, when you played there? Uh, I know there's a new thing going on with SMU uh, paying their players now. Um, I had had a really chance to kind of dive into that and see what type of donors there were, you know, the background of the donors. But predominantly, uh, SMU is, is a Christian school, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That's correct. So um, predominantly thinking, you know, about going back to Christianity is something that is of a white nature. So I would, you know, my opinion base, just assuming here that there will be white donors paying money for a majority uh, you know, football team that is stacked with African-American athletes. And I will also want to get your take on that as well. Um, yeah. So uh, there's, there was a thing that came out about Nick Saban um, not too long ago about um, him being upset about different schools being able to play or pay their, in, play, pay their players now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it always goes back to before the NIL came about, um, Alabama had all the all the superior athletes, and you know, ninety nine or nine. I want to say ninety nine percent. I want don't want to get the statistics wrong, but in my opinion, I want to say right about ninety two to ninety percent of of individuals that to to play Alabama are black, and mm-hmm. um, and and so with that being said, I feel like some players were do get paid, you know, uh, and it's and it's just because of how superior and how great they are, and it just so happens to be that they're uh, African-Americans, ones that are getting paid. So you hear about the stories of people, um, you know, getting a kid from a, a struggling neighborhood or a struggling uh, upbringing, and then he goes to a big old college, and then now all of a sudden his mom is driving Mercedes. You know, you, you see things like that, and it's just because, you know, people are paying for a superior, superior athlete, a superior team, because they want that university or they want that – they want that uh, – that um the the scene or that they want that city to be viewed as you know one of the best places to be just because of the athletes that they could bring in things like that and it goes back to slavery for example hey i got the best i got the best black person for you i don't i don't want to get you know biblical i would say the n-word but you know i, I got the best n-word out here look at this you know this is a sell, sell thing so it goes almost back to that if you think of it that way mm-hmm. but um in hindsight uh, with the NIL again, I think it's opening up a lot of, uh, you know, it may have to do things with color. Sometimes it's not. You can have a really good black quarterback, and then you can have a really good white quarterback, and then just because they don't like black people or that university doesn't like black people, they'll give that other uh, that white person, you know, uh, extra money or whatever the case may be. And so it's it's a lot of things that that can play into that. But um, how I feel about it, it's it's, it's more so of I, I really support it just because we're now getting paid or athletes are now getting paid, not only blacks or not only black people, but you know, blacks, whites, Hispanics, whatever. Mm-hmm. So have you are, are getting paid for the athletic ability, their likeness, the name likeness. And then, and, you know, it's, it's just entrepreneurship for them moving forward. So I, I guess it's, it's an avenue to building Avenue um, for even young black African-Americans or maybe, uh, you know, white individuals, Chinese individuals, 
Mexican individuals doesn't matter. You know, all right. walks of races is open and it's given the opportunity to. So, okay. So then it goes to like the next point here in a sense that hey, I'm all for you know getting paid to play, especially myself being a uh, pro football player in the league I'm in. Uh, I would definitely would like to get paid because I know definitely my body is worth more than twelve hundred dollars. Um, in a sense, an unfortunate you know, environments and putting uh-huh. them into sports to kind of give them some structure. It brings us to the point of that, uh, the movie, The Blind Side, with Michael yeah. O'Hare, and how, um, you know, this family kind of adopted him, put him out of a bad situation, you know, his mother being addicted to uh, crack cocaine. Right. He ended up, uh, you know, being a really great player, all-American, ended up playing for the Baltimore Ravens, I think, for eight seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, going back to this the slavery mindset that, you know, this has been passed down from generation to generation. Um, what is more so do you feel like is the most common thing? Because it even ties into like, you know, the whole thing with Colin Kaepernick and the injustice um, and stuff like that. But how the NFL, there's predominantly all white owners. There's not a lot of black owners for those teams. You know, you, you know, being a football player for majority of your life still are, um, how does that how is that how does that take and how does it look for you or how does that make you feel in the sense that pretty much with the statistics I provided you with how how big it is for African American players in the NFL and getting paid to play pretty much by majority white money. How does that how does that you know kind of get seen to you? Because in terms of me, it kind of still feels like we're still in this and uh, getting paid for entertaining white folks. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's that's a great it's a great uh, topic to speak about, um, and it kind of goes back to the Michael Orr situation, him going to you know Ole Miss, and uh, you know being able to uh, go somewhere further just because somebody put him out of a situation, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of where we are in today's world, and we'll always live in it, and it's called generational wealth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for generation generations uh, going back and forth. Uh, back in time as well, you know, uh, white people had that 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 privilege. You know, they had the privilege right. of you know money and owning banks and things of that nature. Uh, and and it's it's going to continue for for years to come, just because it's called generational wealth. So, um, whenever I look at the NFL and having predominantly white owners, I only think about oh yeah, uh, for example. Jeannie Buss and uh, in the NBA, her dad, um, uh, I forget his name, but Mr. Buss um, owned the Lakers, but now she owns the Lakers. And this is mm-hmm. just because her dad owned it and it was passed down to her. And I think, you know, that's what happens in the NFL. Uh, I can only imagine when Jerry Jones passes, you know, one of his family members will take over the, you know, the Cowboys. And so, um, what, but what I think it, it's always uh, not a contradictory thing, not contradicting, contradicting thing. Sorry, um, <laughs> it's more so of these these uh, African American athletes or these um, Anglo American athletes, or it doesn't matter what. I always I always try to throw out different ethnicities just because I want to make sure that you know it's not just about black black and white. It's all races that right. we're speaking about. I just don't have time to name all of them. But um, anyway. Uh, when, when it comes to that, they also have an opportunity to put their brand out there, right? They have, some, they have an, uh, a chance to promote something that uh, another person per se can't do. 
um, or the publicity that they can receive or versus something else. So what I'm getting at is, you know, back then, obviously, we're uh, entertaining, you know, we're, black people, white people are entertaining. There's a, there's so many different entertainers out there of all different races, but um, predominantly speaking in sports, um, whatever you perform, right? Right. And you get paid and you can, you can change things, right? For mm-hmm. the colleague, for the colleague Kaepernick's sake, right? He had the opportunity to change a lot of things. Nobody will ever forget when Colin Kaepernick took a knee uh, in the NFL and he, and he's got shame for that, but it's for what he believed in. But mm-hmm. now if, if we did that back then, you'd beat for it or, you know, stepping out of line or you, you wouldn't be somebody that somebody, uh, an owner or a slave owner would want to take home because you're disobedient. But I think now uh, having that ability to have a voice has changed a lot. And so when it, when it comes to white money, it's just like saying, Hey, fuck you. You're paying me, and I and I'm still be able to do what the fuck I want to do, right? Mm-hmm. People still live their lives after the NFL or during the NFL that when they're getting paid, is just more so of you know having to act a certain way as well, right? Right. You're a professional athlete, you're doing that, so a lot of it ties into it. Antonio Brown is is a, is a perfect example for it, right? Right. Um, he got paid, you know, what we're saying, white money, and he's, he's still acting a damn fool. So they goes to show you, uh, <laughs> goes to show you, you know, things have really changed. So my, my view on it is, I think it's providing more opportunities for people to change the brand, change people's outlook on, you know, not just black people, but you know, sports in general. You know, people are talented. I just think it's more so, uh, well, you know, how we're going about it and. You know, people like, for example, I, I can keep going on and on about it, but you know, I I think some quarterbacks in the NFL or that are white uh, get paid more than NFL quarterbacks that are black, and it's maybe because uh, that that's just the way it is, or maybe that white quarterback is better than that black quarterback. But I can definitely tell you that there is something going on, or there has been some things that have gone on in in, in relationship to that. So, yeah. So. Another was the topic we talked about, uh, you know, on our first episode, you know, black men and white women. So, you know, it's also becoming a theme, especially in this in this day and age in 2022 and, you know, moving forward. Um, so I want to say in a sense for just my personal opinion, you know, having as many African-American athletes and coming from the backgrounds they come from, my perspective is that they, you know, they're getting the money and the fame and, you know, getting the opportunity to mingle with women, especially in a sense, white women who, if they didn't have this type of money or fame or these kind of accolades, they wouldn't have the access to. Right. Um, just my personal opinion, in a sense. So I feel like as well as that being, you know, having black men attract to white women and white women attract to black men, I don't see it as more so like a racial divide. It's not just for love, but it's this experience they wouldn't have never got to experience in the lives that they lived previously mm-hmm. before the fame and money. Um, so what is your pretty much your take on that? Well, uh, it, it, it goes back to uh, being a superior athlete, right? Mm-hmm. So if, say, for instance, 85 or 90% of white athletes were just as athletic or more athletic than African-Americans, I can guarantee you uh, the ratio would be a, a lot different when it comes to black women and uh, not black women, but white women and, and, and black athletes, right? Or black right. men, period. But now that's not the case because 
you got your LeBron James. I can guarantee you, you know, obviously he uh, has has an African-American wife. But, mm-hmm. you know, before then, a lot of, you know, predominantly white women would probably go and try to chase LeBron James because he has money and they see him as a prize. Say, hey, look. Right. I was looking on social media, um, you know, not too long ago. And there's a thing and it says. Uh, I guess she was showing him, showing off his boyfriend or her birth, her boyfriend. And she says, this, look at the one that I got. And, and it put it into a sense of that. He was a subject as a, look at the black motherfucker that I've got. You know, a this is, yeah, yeah. Like a purchase. Right. And so going back to going back to the sports wise, uh, when it correlates to that is um, interracial couples is, is usually, you know, uh, is a common thing now these days. Like I was saying in the early episode, I think, and it's a, it's a lot to deal with because people watch a lot of things on social media. People watch a lot of things on TV, the news, whatever, live or whatever. So if, if, uh, if an aspiring little boy or aspiring little girl that may be white sees a white girl dating, uh, or married to a black man or a black athlete on, uh, on TV, they may be saying, hey, oh, one day I want to marry me a black man, right? Just right. because I see it on TV. And at the end of the day, it may be something that uh, they just genuinely want. Because you can never just exit out saying, oh, I genuinely just love or uh, love a man of color. Or I usually just love this man just because he can be white, green, black, yellow, whatever. I love this man because I love this man. It could be very much that. But to, to the human eye, what it looks like is a lot of, you know, even in today's world or even, you know, 10 years ago, uh, interracial couples became a, a really huge thing. And um, I, I think it just what's what what continues to create it today is just because a lot of people see it on TV. A lot of people see professional athletes doing it. And um, I, I think it only just continue, really. So. Okay. So in a sense, like pretty much if you say, just not just typically, you know, my show is always just going to be about, you know, majorly about blacks and African-American things. But in a sense, people of color, if they didn't come into this sort of fame or money, they would not have the opportunity to date the certain um, particular white women of that course. have privilege uh, if they didn't have attain that money and fame. Of course. Okay. I mean, I definitely kind of agree with that point in a sense. I mean, me being African-American myself, I have dated uh, outside of my own race. Um, so it's not in particular like I, I got fame or money or anything like that. You know, right. we all work our <laughs> five, but, you know, you run into people who are who run into white women or white people in general who do have a certain type of privilege and have, you know, a more advanced lifestyle than you know, people of color who didn't come from just the strongest generational wealth background in a of sense. Of course, yes. Um, so thus far, you know, you being a black athlete, you know, football, basketball, uh, what is pretty much, have you ever had just, you know, white women just flock left, right, center to you in a sense because of the school you went to or the way you look or your, you know, things of that nature? Well, it's, it's always a saying, and it's just because if you play football for a Division One college or whatever, a big college, small college, if you're on the football team, regardless, uh, you're going to have people coming to your left and right. And so, um, you know, not to say luckily I got to experience because it's never – it wasn't it was an experience, but, you know, it, it's in the past. But when I was there, um, 
it was it was like a galore of just, <laughs> with just coming left and right, and and in a sense, just because one they want to be with somebody, or maybe they wanted to be with somebody because of your name, or maybe because you're on the football team, or maybe because you play on TV, or maybe just because you're you're a good looking athlete. There's a lot of things that play into mind when it comes to women and athletes in college, but uh, yeah, I mean. It, 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 it is, it's, it's very true. You know, even some of the, uh, un, not, I won't, I won't judge a man, but less attractive individuals on, uh, that play sports even still, um, uh, got, got, got some, got some girls coming their way just because of the status that they, that they were. Right. Right. So if you think about, you know, somebody that's very popular and very good at football, they're going to have more ladies coming at them because they want to be, um, the the girl with that said, oh, that's uh so and so's girl, and then they want to be known as so and so's girl, and uh, maybe because of that, and then so obviously because of the publicity too, right? A lot of these chicks out here, um, you know, want to say white, black, it doesn't matter. Some some black girls got on too just because of what their uh, significant other did, or they, you know, they met somebody or knew somebody from when they were little, and then. Uh, they usually, you know, stay with them throughout high school, high school sweethearts, college sweethearts, and then go to the NFL and make money. But, you know, I, there's a lot of stories out there where, you know, there's a girl that you met in college and, you know, you end up really liking her and she really liking you. You're good at football. You happen to be black. She happened to be white. You go to the league and then boom, now she's famous. And then sometimes uh, that, that usually ends up with them breaking up now because, she's famous because of him because he dated him for some reason and now she's got her own clout so she don't need him no more you know it's just it's a lot of things that uh they go they go into play so uh to answer your question yeah that it's it's a real thing of being an athlete and uh women coming left and right and, and, and doing that stuff too so okay so we're gonna get into it you know do you feel honestly your honest opinion do you feel like african americans in general, just not, you know, not just not men, but women are kind of more physically superior in sports. African-American, are you asking me if African-American men are more superior in sports? African-Americans, period. Of course. Of course they are. And why do you think, why do you feel like that? I, I think that because you see it time and time again, right? Uh, I mean, not to, not to, to knock any other athlete of, 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 of race or anything like that. But you see um, a lot of white, just basketball period. I just, I was thinking about this, trying to make sure I could think about an appropriate thing to say on the podcast, but you see um, a lot of individuals that are black dunking in the NBA, all on, all in people's faces. And not to say that white people or white athletes or, uh, Hispanic athletes, Chinese athletes, Yao Ming, obviously an exception, you right. know, uh, people from different countries, an exception, but you don't see a lot of white people dunking on people. Right. And right, then right. Uh, for example, um, being, being in track, you know, you don't see a lot of white sprinters out there whooping somebody that of color. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on top of that, you don't see somebody out, you don't see a black, uh, black athlete get back, black athlete getting out jumped by a white athlete, you know what I'm saying? So it goes on and on and on as far as um, um, athleticism alone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to IQ, I want to flip, flip the script for a little bit. Um, maybe so, so not not so superior. Um, yeah. 
Which, well, I mean, I can understand your point because, in a sense, you know, not to cut you off or anything, but no, no, going, back, going back to slavery, in a sense, we weren't, you know, taught to read and write and had those, had the access to to books and the knowledge that we have now, you know, in this day and age, even though, you know, racism is not gone, but the right. sense of, you know, slavery is, even though in the African-American community, there's still some ties to slavery, you know, because we would, we hold back our own selves because of the things that we weren't taught back in back in the day you know mm-hmm. slavery wasn't that long ago people try to see it make it seem like it was forever ago and slavery is still going on in parts of the world and things of that nature but you know not having access to read and write and, and math and things kind of hindered the more intellectual development for african-americans but the physical aspect i would say you know taking us from our country and bringing us here and having us work gave us the ment uh then I say the more mental state of being able to do hard work in a physical aspect. Right. So I, I completely I completely can see where you're coming from with that because in a sense, hey, I wouldn't say I would definitely nothing against, you know, my African American people. I you know me, I'm all about black. You know, but if I see somebody in my school that, you know, I got a ninety eight and they got a hundred and they just happen to be white, I'm gonna ask them what the, what they did. Right. What's the what's the two questions I miss? It's nothing against it, but in a sense, you go in our schools today and you, you kind of do see that. But when you go to, you know, the more so athletics aspect, it's majority predominantly African-American kids, yep. you know, and for us going to, you know, predominantly white schools and being, you know, superior athletes, you know, it, it kind of just, you know, kind of sets that tone and it makes, you know, makes this topic even more personal for us going through it, you know, growing up as kids. Of course, of course. Now, let me let me ask you this. So, um, do you? Let me, what do you think about, or why do you think um, some athletes don't choose to be with um, African American women? Um, honestly, I feel like, in a sense, it's going back to just being able to uh, not have access to certain women, um, as well as that. You know, going back even back in the day, is that certain white women were bred and you know for to be a housewife to do mm-hmm. whatever their man says and this that, and the other and and this day and age growing up even though back you know our grandparents they were kind of you know raised the same way you know but it was brought about by white people to think that way you know and uh because black women back in slavery when they're when their man would get you know humiliated humiliated in front of you know everybody they kind of or got killed off they kind of were left to raise the family. So in a sense, sometimes it does scare African-American men to see a strong black woman who's not going to just bend at your damn will. You know, so in a sense, seeing a white woman that has, you know, this privilege um, comes from this, it comes from money, this money background, or, you know, is able to get you into certain places that typically African-American woman cannot because she has to work two times as hard just to get half of what their white counterpart has. That's I feel like that's why black men not only just think all do, but majority flock to white women because they will do what you say. They, you know, they will stay at home with the kids and, you know, forget about their career or they can open doors for you that were not possible just because of your background. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even for us, you know, growing up, we had a lot of white people support us as African-American kids, mm-hmm. you know, so it was like, is that it was just just us growing up or just seeing that was just just the norm of what you know they did because you know white people typically adopt children from Africa, 
Mm -hmm. So, you know, growing up for us, you know, getting adopted by, you know, white families and, and, and even more so with sports getting adopted by, you know, having support of white people wanting to pay for this or take mm -hmm. us here and things of that nature. It's just something that just happened because it's still it's still us entertaining white folks in order for us to get payment of their white money. And if that makes sense. No, no, so. I get it. I get it. And I, I kind of want to tie all of it together mm -hmm. uh, just to, to make better sense of it. How I look at it is if somebody were to sponsor uh, a black, you know, um, athlete, then I think that that's okay because they want to provide an opportunity for them. And right. yes, it can be viewed as, oh, paying for entertainment because I want to see how far he can go. And maybe just because they want to provide opportunities, but also uh, they could be as if, hey, I don't think uh, this kid is getting enough exposure. I don't think this kid is getting the best lifestyle he can get. I want to make sure I provide it for him. And just, there's a lot of things that go into it, but more so back to going to the African-American women. I think a lot of athletes, uh, you know, kind of shy away from African-American women because, yes, they are strong individuals. They are strong minded. They are they are. Uh, can be more superior than a man can be, right? They, can, mm -hmm. they can't make a man submissive to them. But uh, I think it's more so of the uh, the publicity publicity, and also the visual for the public eye, right? Um, you don't want somebody... Uh, there, there's a couple athletes, and I forget their names. I can't think of it right off my head, but they uh, they ruined their career because of their, their, their significant other, and, they had, and it just so happened that they were black. And mm -hmm. them fighting putting their hands on them or you know beating them or whatever the case may be and so um and there are stories of you know black athletes beating white white women you know right, saying, right. doing that too so uh but like i said i, I think uh because when some people think of a black woman they think of loud yeah this is what i think right loud mm -hmm. which, is, which is perfectly fine i have nothing i have nothing against it right loud uh up front you know not to say ghetto but yes ghetto uh, sometimes uh, raunchy can be, you know, um, rude attitude, stuff like that, right? Right. So you put all that and you and you mix it with television, you, and you mix it with social media, you mix it with your life and uh, fame and stuff. It's not a really good look for you, your brand, right? So I think you know, uh, I think the saying is "trophy wife" of uh, being, you know, being a wife of a, a superior athlete. And then just think about being a wife of Dak Prescott. I know Dak he got a little mix in him, but uh, for the most part, his uh, his girlfriend's white, right? Right. And just just to know that, hey, that's Dak's girlfriend, and 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 to have that is it, it, not to say she's gonna do things bad, but she's gonna make sure that she's on the p's and q's. Versus, right. uh, you know, a, a, a black woman um, dating a black athlete or marrying a black athlete in the NFL or NBA. And some he does something, and she wants to go be messy about it, and, and things like that too, right? Because you know it could get that way, gossip and shit like that. So, I, I think uh, you know the reason I only ask that question is because I see uh, a highly difference of you know athletes dating or uh, being with a white woman versus an African American woman. Yeah, I, I see that too. Like we said, um, you know, in the first episode, interracial love just pretty much is just the norm. And then, you know, even portraying how, how African-American women and white women portrayed on TV is just things that um, we see that and we take that in. And that's kind of how we 
more so navigate or have preferences to who we choose to be our, you know, spouses. So I completely, right. I completely agree with you in that aspect. Um, that's pretty much, you know, what I have for today. I mean, if you have any more points you want to, you want to, you want to discuss, that's pretty much, we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. yeah I appreciate you. <laughs> no, no, of course. Of course. No, I, I really just, uh, I like that, that, that this, this topic just because, um, it, it's not going to stop. Right. And I, right. I said that earlier, just because, um, black athletes are becoming more and more and more dominant and it's only going to get more, more and more and more, uh, stereotypical when it comes to certain sports or when it comes to, uh, you know, um, monetary value of how much somebody gets paid, uh, not because of their color or things like that too. So I, it'd just be interesting to, to kind of keep up with it and, and see, uh, see kind of where it goes. Absolutely. Uh, you know, again, I want to thank you for coming on here and sharing your, you know, your talking points and your opinion in reference to, you know, blacks in sports, especially, you know, you being after yourself and, and me as well. Um, that pretty much, you know, wraps it up. And I want to leave you guys with actually two uh, things or real words of today. So the first one is going to be a lack of consistency can bring on a lack of interest. And that's something I kind of applied to myself because I have not been consistent with the gym and that made me become very uninterested in going. Yeah. But, you know, seeing my physical appearance and actually coming up with the 2023 football year for myself kind of got me to motivate to get my ass up and go to the gym. Um, you have anything you want to say in reference to that quote? Shit, no, I didn't get my ass in the gym too, really. <laughs> I've been saying I'm going to the gym. I'm going to say, I already said I was going to get a membership. And I have yet to do it. And so uh, I need not to say stop being lazy, but I need to just start following through what I say I'm going to do. And then I'll probably be in a better spot. So most definitely. And this actually uh, the second quote I want to use is actually something, you know, I, I'm a big TikTok fan. I scroll for hours. It's, it's, I mean, you just fall through the dang or wormhole on, on TikTok. Yeah, you do. Um, so it was you have to learn how to forgive yourself for not knowing how to forgive yourself which is something that, you know, I truly have learned in the past six months is to forgive myself for not knowing how to forgive myself in certain situations. That sometimes, yes, I put myself in those predicaments, but in a sense, I didn't know any better and I can't blame myself for the things that, you know, occurred. If I knew better, I would do better, but I didn't. So I have to forgive myself for that. So I'm or able to, I'm able to grow emotionally and mentally. Yeah, you always. I think you always learn from your mistakes. Um, you won't. You won't do anything special without risk, right? And so Absolutely. you can't. Uh, you can't really find out what you what you're gonna do in, until you do it. And so, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that that kind of wraps it up. And I really appreciate you having me again. And I can't wait until the next episode. Most definitely. So again, guys, we're gonna be dropping episodes on Wednesdays, seven p.m. So make sure you tune in to the Unspoken Melanin Podcast. I'm your host, Lenore Vibe, and you know I got my co-host with me, my baby brother Chris, and we're gonna try to keep everything black, straight like that, and no holding back. So we'll see you guys on Wednesday and every week after that. See. You.